You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 135 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie. Today, we're talking about one of Jamie's favorite topics. <laughs> shopping? Uh, no, time management. Yeah, let's talk about shopping. <laughs> okay, we could talk about shopping first. <laughs> that eats into time management. <laughs> oh, God, this time. I have such a love-hate relationship with this topic. I think probably a lot of people do, or it just feels so weird, especially in 2020 time. Yeah. feels Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Time has lost all boundaries and <laughs> right. con- construct and are... all the things, all the things. Yeah. I was thinking that because now that my kids are back in school, you know, I was like, Oh great. I'm going to get all this time back. And then no, no, I would actually happens at all. No, Mm-mm. No. Well, it was, it's interesting because just today my gym changed its schedule and oh, it I changes it all the time because they're trying, like they're working right. really hard and I, I absolutely feel them. It changed it by 15 minutes and my entire world spun on its axis. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? 15 minutes. Like it shouldn't affect me this much, but shifting anything in any given direction just changes everything. Yeah. I totally agree. Our, our school is doing staggered drop-off times. Ugh. And so it's for us, it's only 15 minutes different than last year, but it's, I, I have, so it's 15 minutes later. So I have 15 more minutes in the morning, which with the girls is great. They, they're actually ready. It helps to have less yelling, you know, <laughs> but, but that's the 15 minutes I'm feeling the impact on the back end, trying yep. to get home and get yeah. started on work. And I'm like, this, this is late. Like, I feel like I've missed yeah. half, but yeah. So I 15 feel like minutes that. spirals into an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So time management is just a whole other universe now, but even pre COVID, like I can't blame COVID on this. Right. <laughs> you can't. No, no. I mean, that's just, it just made it worse, but that's just silly, but I, yes, it did make it worse. It made it, it more is, challenging. To, it yeah. is such an uncomfortable topic for me. Yeah. 
Like I physically feel uncomfortable by management and getting organized. Bree, my amazing ops director, she sends out this weekly email where she's like, here's all the projects that need to go out this week. Here's what everyone's working on. Like it's just sort of a check-in for everybody. And I could easily go find that information if I wanted to go into our CRM and our project management system. And just the thought of going into it, just it, it upsets me. Like (laughs) I just, I don't know. The, the list works though. If she tells me what to do, I'll get it done. Yeah, that's good. And then it's clear. And then you don't have to go into other places to find the information. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just checking things off the list and I have, I get great satisfaction of checking uh, more than I think most people, the excitement. And in fact, if there is something I do and it's not on my list, I will write it on my list and check it off. (laughs) I totally do that too. (laughs) That makes me feel better. I want to know if someone doesn't do that. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to know that. I did it twice today. I was like, oh, I never wrote this down. Oh, I'm going to write this down because it's done. Right. Yeah, I, I did it at least twice today. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That makes me feel better. I always think I'm going to go back and like want to see, okay, how long did things take me or how much was I able to get done that day or something like that. So I added on there. But really, I don't do that. I just like to put the check mark. Wait a minute. Let's back up. Do people <laughs> do that? I don't know. It was a grand plan in my brain. That never occurred to me that that was a thing you could do. What, like look back at what you Yeah, like once something is done, it is dead to me. Like it's over, it's finished. We've moved it along. You got it. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're supposed to track somehow. I mean, there's a balance because you don't want to like spend all your time tracking either. I think there's a lot of online tools for that. I'm not the person to speak to on that though, actually. Now it's possible because I have such an innate sense of, of billable time that I know how long things take me. Yeah. So I, I'll say this, I do track my time because everything I work on is based on time. Right. Um, so I do know how long things take and it's yeah, you know how- longer than it's supposed to because I live on time estimates for projects, but I do it on a project basis. I don't really do it on a day basis. See in mine, I mean, I have... I have different like streams, as you know, with my, this is not color coded, but you know, what along in that category of color coding. So I kind of want to look at, okay, how much, like how many activities am I doing each day that are for each area? Hmm. That's interesting. I guess I sort of do that because I block out certain days to do certain things. So instead of doing yeah. it on mm-hmm. day, like Mm-hmm. Wednesdays have a specific task and Tuesdays and Thursdays have a task and Mondays and Fridays have a task. So I think the only thing that I really get lost in is my emails. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, we talked about that on the on the episode with our great guest today because mm. that is a that is a big thing for people and basically like checking emails all day long. And if I don't check them all day long and then I save them to the end, there it's two hours a night. <laughs> right. I can't fix that. I tried to fix it. It it failed. Yeah. I this don't know. This is why I don't like talking about time. <laughs> I feel like our listeners might think this is going to be deja vu all month because for every intro, we're going to be talking about something along the lines of our our woes as they relate. <laughs> well, I don't know because we do Especially have- Especially yours. 
Yeah, it's more me. It's not you. <laughs> it's all me. This is my problem. I shouldn't even I shouldn't even be a host this month. We should have brought someone <laughs> else in <laughs> to be a part of this project because it's not good. But we do have some we have some other cool people to in, that we're interviewing, um, of which I have happy feelings about. And it isn't to go. say that I don't have happy feelings about our guest today. I do. It's the subject right. matter. It's, <laughs> right. right. Time management. Understand. For it's really the word. Time management and to-do lists and like email management. Those are my, my three Achilles heels. Yeah. Yes. No one should have three Achilles heels. <laughs> one is enough. Like you get, you lose one of them and it really hurts. Like if you got three. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, well, the one thing I will say is that I really, really, really do not think you are alone on that. Yeah. No, so, I, I think a lot of people feel the so, way that I do. Yes. I do. I yes. do take comfort in others' misery around this yes, stuff. There you go. <laughs> I am in a good place, though. I I will say, when you find the right people to surround yourself with, and when you get the right like staff or consultants yes. or assistants or whatever the case may be, it does get a lot easier. And finding the right tools makes a huge difference. You know, my current love of Todoist. Right. So between Todoist and um, my calendar app and all that stuff, I think and your employees. Oh. Well, I mean, can't put a, I mean, I have put a dollar on that, but you just can't. <laughs> yeah. Every time I look at that payroll number, I'm like, <laughs> lots yeah, of dollars to that. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Lawyers be expensive. <laughs> Who's our guest today, Mary? We haven't great. even talked about her. <laughs> I know. We I know. We just talked Alexis about my woes. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Well, it all, it all ties in nicely. Now, as everyone listens to the episode, they're going to be able to relate to it because yes, we talk about all these things. So Alexis Hasselberger is our guest today. Alexis is a time management and productivity coach who helps people do more and stress less through coaching workshops and online courses. Her pragmatic yet fun approach helps people easily integrate practical, realistic strategies into their lives so they can do more of what they want and less of what they don't. Alexis has taught thousands of individuals to take control of their time and her clients, including Google, Lyft, Workday, Capital One, Upwork, and more. And now on to the episode. Hi, everyone. This is Mary. I wanted to drop in quickly to tell you that doors to the Transitions Collective membership community are now open. The Transitions Collective is a community for entrepreneurs building businesses from the ground up while raising families. We're a community that understands the struggles of juggling it all. We support each other through the highs and the lows of both parenting and business. Members receive support through founder feedback calls, member meetups, webinars on specific business topics, and so much more. If you'd like to learn more, please visit members.thetransitionscollective.com, and I'll drop a link in the show notes too. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks so much. Hi, Alexis. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you again. Yes, on your on a favorite topic, right? My favorite topic <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep, this is great. I think we'll have so many listeners here today that are intrigued about time management and what kind of tips they can learn and suggestions because I think it's something on the top of everyone's minds, especially yeah. these days. It has not gotten easier in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I didn't want to say now more than ever because that's what everyone uses all the time. But you're right. It has not gotten easier. <laughs> okay, so let's jump in. So what do you see are the common mistakes that people make when they 
when they're even thinking about time management, the perspective of it? Yeah. I mean, I think from like just a very high level, the first thing that I think people uh, run into is thinking that they can do it all, right? Thinking that you're going to finish everything on your to-do list. We're not. That's not what life's about. Like we are going to die someday with a big long list of things we did not do. <laughs> and that's okay. Like that's 100% okay. And I think that kind of just accepting this and accepting that it's much more about prioritization than it is about getting to everything uh, is really important because I think the reality is we could work every day until midnight for the rest of our lives and we would still have a full day's work tomorrow, right? So how do we actually want to use our time? What things are worth our time? And like, let's get out of this trap that like somehow if we can just work harder and longer, we're going to get to it all because that's never going to happen. Right. That's great. Do you think it's, do you think it's also changing our expectations then? Yeah. I mean, I think that we've like been fed a false bill that like we could somehow get everything done. Right. And I think that the reality is like most most people are ambitious. And so whether it's things you quote have to do or things you want to do, like we're we're not going to be able to do all that. Like, how could I possibly visit all the countries I want to visit? Right. <laughs> like, how could well, I not before? Now, I yeah, well, not now, right? <laughs> but um, like, you know, how could I like my, you know, my list of like great ideas for my business is like 350 things long, right? <laughs> like like, I'm not going to get to all those things. And like, truthfully, some of them aren't that great of ideas. <laughs> so they don't all deserve the same attention. Right. Okay. And so I think it's getting real with ourselves with the fact that like, not everything is urgent and important, even if we think it is. If we only had like, there's this concept I call task realism, <laughs> which is basically this, like, if you have time to get five things done today, is it better to have 10 things on your list and get five done or to have five things on your list and get five done? Both situations have the exact same end result. Five things got done. But in one situation, you feel good and in control. And in the other situation, you feel bad. Right. Yeah. I've I've had to to force myself sometimes to really just pick the top things because I'm like, actually, I don't want to see all those other things that I know I'm not going to get to. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can't like, this is, this is why I always say like a list is not a system right. because like a list just forces you to look at like everything that you've got on your plate and make a million decisions every day. Oh, when, what should I do next? What should I do next? Oh, I'm not focusing on this. Oh, I'm going to feel bad about that for a little bit. Now, and now I'm not going to do anything because there's like too much to do. Right? right. Versus if we can get to a point where we're prioritizing such that, yeah, we got in front of us what we have to get done today. And if we get all that stuff done, well, lucky us, we can look at the other stuff and decide if we want to do anything else. Right. Right. Okay. Actually, I like that a lot. The list versus a system. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So when I work with people, this is like a huge, a huge aspect of what we do right. is building what I call a single trusted system. And it's like one place where everything lives that you have to do, that you think you have to do, open questions, like the fact that, you know, you know, this big project that you're doing, this podcast interview that we're having, also the fact that milk is running out in the fridge and that like, you know, your passport renews in seven years, but like how many times are you going to think about it if it's not <laughs> in a place, right? And then being able to say, okay, here's all the stuff. Let me get it out of my head and out of all the different places so that we can properly prioritize in a linear way because our brain's work linearly. Like we mm -hmm. can't do more than one thing at once. And then we want to organize it in such a way that we're prioritizing by date. So it's like not what are 
what is the due date of something? But what are we actually going to do today to move that we need to move forward on? And what are we going to do tomorrow that we need to move forward on across all our tasks and projects so that things are only surfaced to us when they need our attention instead mm-hmm. of um, just looking at a list of 500 things every day and making a lot of decisions about what to do and when. So are you looking at, if it's a project, for example, are you looking at the end date and working backwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's okay. like, yeah, if you've got a big, long project, and so, like there's different types of things, right? But if you've got a right. big, long project, you want to say, okay, like what are the components of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like what are the dates I need to hit? What are the tasks I need to do? Like let's work backwards from when it's actually due. Like it's important to know when things are due, but it's not right. it's not useful to sort a task list by due date. Like that doesn't help us right. figure out what to do today, right? Right. And so thinking about it from a perspective of how can I break something down into its component parts so that I make time for that. Like if you say, I've got this big project, it's going to take me 50 hours and it's due in three months. That just feels overwhelming. And we have a right. tendency to procrastinate, right? Because it's right. like, I don't have 50 hours right now. But if you can break it down farther and say, you know what, all I have to, I got to do this one hour part and I got to get it done today because that will help me do this other part that's going to happen next week. And then there's like the small tasks, which are just like, you know what, you got to make lunch for your kids or whatever it is, right? Or like, you know, the uh, passports are on my mind right now. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you really uh, want to travel. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, like thinking, okay, like I have a, literally I have something in my task list that for each member of my family that comes on a year before their passport expires. So it says, okay, like this, my kid number one's passport expires in one year because then I know, okay, print out the application, (laughs) make an appointment, right? Um, so that things are, but now I know, you know, I don't have to think about that a million other times before it happens because it's in the system and I know it's going to surface at the right time. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. The next thing on my mind is how long does it take to set yourself up in that way? (laughs) So, um, I would, how long does it take to set up versus how long does it take to do it consistently? (laughs) Those are two different questions, right? right? Um, so I think, you know, you can get yourself set up in a week, right? Or I mean, in a, really a couple of hours, right? It's like, you want to do a giant brain dump. You want to collect all the things from all the places and put them in one place. You want to prioritize those things. And then, you know, it's going to take a while before you you start to be more realistic about what you can accomplish. Because what always happens is that like, if anybody's using date system is that, well, maybe let's say we have a hundred things on our list. We're going to put 90 of them on today right? and we're going to put seven of them on tomorrow and we're going to put three of them, you know, off until the end of time or whatever. And the real, the reality is you can't do those 90 things today. And so we have to get more realistic and more ruthless with ourselves about what do we actually, not, not what do we want to accomplish today? What do we actually have time to accomplish today within the confines of like the rest of our lives, right? Like I don't have 18 hours to work. I have eight hours to work right? And two of those hours are going to be taken up with like email and Slack, right? And then another two hours might be taken up with meetings. So now I've only got four hours. And maybe I also have to go to the bathroom and um, eat lunch. So now I've got three. Yeah. So now I've got really three and a half hours to work with, right? What am I, what are like the most high impact things I can do with that time? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a great, great way to think about it. Okay. So when people are looking at their day, And you just kind of made me think of something with the email and Slack, for example, or even the time in to eat or other things. How do you usually tackle that? Do you look at your time in terms of 
break time and work time or something else? I think it depends for people, whether they're like hard segmenters that want big, mm-hmm. good, you know, strong boundaries. Of course, it's like very hard to be a segmenter in the current environment. Um, right. Versus if you're, if you're an integrator, whereas like you just have fluid boundaries and it's, you know, you're, you're okay doing some emails from bed and also you're, you know, doing things in the middle of the day. I think everybody's in that zone right now because we have to be, unfortunately. But, um, but I think, you know, when I think about it, I think the more we can batch process the stuff that we do, the easier it is to one, estimate how long things are going to take and two, to avoid the context switching that really kills our productivity. And so like for emails, it's like I have two to three times a day that are blocked off to process email. I don't open up email during other times. I don't look at it. I don't open it. Like I don't even have the tab open because it's like the siren call of those little red numbers, right? But what I, you know, what we know is that the average person checks their email 37 times a day. We also know from, you know, from studies that when we get interrupted or distracted, and that is definitely even when we open our email, when we're doing the middle of doing something else, yeah. that it takes us on average 23 minutes to refocus. That's crazy. Crazy, right? Like it's, so and so crazy. You, Every time, every time I get interrupted in that way, and it happens much more frequently when I'm not batch processing things, I think 23 minutes, poof, gone, you know, and of course that's an average. It's not the same for everybody, but, um, but studies like pre COVID studies show that most people spend about a third of their workday just recovering from distractions. Jeez. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but believable. I mean, I get that when you, when your brain is focused on something and then you're switching to something else unexpectedly or otherwise, it really changes things. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) It's a myth. (laughs) We can't do it. Um, What we're actually doing when we're multitasking is context switching really, really fast. And so studies show that when we think we're multitasking, that really we're just being less accurate and less efficient and that we are far better served to do one thing at a time or single tasking as i call it than to multitask like and i think here's a perfect example right you're on a phone call you're on some kind of you know like pre code maybe you're on a conference call or whatever and you're also writing an email at the same time right and now what happens you look at your email and you realize you have like verbatim typed what somebody has just said <laughs> That is like completely unrelated to your email, right? Or you find yourself in that situation where you hear your name yes. and then, and then you say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It cut out for a second. Could you repeat that? You know? And like, it just doesn't work, right? Like it just, it doesn't work. And so that's the other reason why I really advocate having like a system and thinking linearly through our tasks, because since we can't multitask, we're going to be much more efficient, much more accurate if we just do one thing at a time and then move on to the next, right? Right. Um, and sometimes, like, if we try to multitask, we find, like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but you find at the end of the day that you've got 50 tabs open and you're clicking, you click on one and you're like, oh my God, I never finished that thing that I was doing at 9 a.m. Right. You know? Totally. I, I feel that one. So what are your tips then to focus and to be able to single task because there's just so many distractions. Yeah. So I think that like there are, there are distractions that we can do something about and there are distractions that we have a little less control over. Right. Okay. Like I think most of us are at home with our kids and they need help during their zoom meetings and things like this. And like, we have much less control over this than we wish that we would. Right. But there are a lot of things we have a lot of control over. Um, one being notifications. Like I advocate turning off all notifications 
yet like obviously social and like all of that stuff and games, but then also like email notifications and Slack notifications. Like we don't need to be interrupted by these things. Now, does this mean we're not going to be responsive? No, absolutely not. Like we actually do need to have a plan for how often we're going to check email and Slack so that we can be responsive to other people. But it is so much better to go into these communication uh, zones on your schedule, on your time, than it is to be interrupted because somebody sent you a message. Because like, you know, think about it. When you send somebody an email, you're not expecting that they will stop what they're doing and read it the second that you send it, right? Right. But that is in fact exactly what's happening, right? Yeah. And so, and the same thing about Slack. And so obviously, you know, your mileage might vary depending on your role, right? Like if you're a doctor, you probably can't have notifications <laughs> turned off. Right. You might be needed in an emergency, right? True, but true. for most of us, we can really play with those. I think that meeting notifications are the only ones that I like completely condone, especially now that we're all working from home and nobody has the ability to like see people standing up and going to a conference room and be like, oh yeah, there's a meeting I'm supposed to attend. So like meeting notifications, they're valuable and they're valuable because you actually do need to do a thing at that time. Right. Got it. Right. Um, all the other notifications, like experiment with turning them off. You can always turn them back on. But I will say that I've never met somebody who turns them off that then turns them back on. <laughs> right. um, and if you want to kind of do a baby steps version of it, like turn off the email notifications. Nobody's expecting you to respond to an email right away anyways. For Slack, maybe you say you only have on the notifications for direct messages or like messages from your boss or something like that, right? Oh, I didn't know um, you could pick. So like you can definitely, yeah, you don't have to have it on for like every channel that you're on. So be selective with it if you want to do that. That's one major way that we can, um, that we can reduce distractions. I think also like having a clear plan for our day, right? I think we are, we so easily become distracted by our own thoughts. <laughs> it's like, oh, we need to do that. We're going to do that. Um, starting out with a super clear plan of like, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and this is the order I'm going to do it in even. You know, like even if we just have, even if we're not using like a big fancy system or whatever, we just have a list of here's what I have to do today, numbering it and just saying like, I'm going to do this one first, this one second, this one third. You get that nice dopamine hit as you're checking things off and your list gets smaller and it becomes easier to say like, nope, this is the order I said I was going to do it. And so that's what I'm going to do. Now, of course, we have like things happen in the middle of the day and our priorities may change, right? But it's also so much easier to be able to compare the incoming to a prioritized list than and say like, is this more important than the things that I'm doing right now? Or is it not more important? Because I think we often have this tendency to just do the thing that comes at us, the thing that's in front of us, because it's yes. there, regardless of how important, urgent, impactful, et cetera, it is to what are what the goals are that we're trying to achieve. Right. Um, like reacting. Yeah. Reacting just reactive instead of proactive. I also think that like, you know, while we can't control other people, <laughs> we can certainly have conversations with whoever it is that we may be living with right now and, and really thinking through like, okay, what does, what does everyone need in this environment? Because I think we've all been thrown into the situation where maybe, maybe we, you know, we're with our kids and our spouse and like, we've never all been together for this long before, or maybe we're living with a bunch of roommates and now we all have different jobs and we're all in this space together. And people have varying degrees of like, what kind of communication levels they want throughout the day, right? So one person might think it's totally fine to like have a quick chat about something as you're walking to the bathroom. And another person might be like, no, I just want to pretend like we're all not here until the end of the workday, right? 
<laughs> and so having having a conversation about that and just saying like, hey, how are like, let's get explicit about what our expectations are so that if they're not aligned, we can work within that. Right. I mean, even for kids like having, you know, I, I have I literally have on my door right now a printed out Excel sheet that literally has the times of the day on one side <laughs> and the days of the week on the top. And it's just colored in in the times when I'm in a meeting so that they know oh, I like that idea. whether they can come in or not. Right. And, and this right. works because my kids can read. But also, <laughs> like, if you have kids who cannot read, put a like red stops, red, red on one side, green on the other side thing on your door or the pasted to the back of your laptop <laughs> so that they see that before they see you. And, and understand what that means, right? And that, then when you'll be able to be out for them. So I just went on a tirade about uh, all sorts of ways to remove distractions. But I mean, yeah. they're all so applicable. I, I, it made me think the other day, because my, my daughters are actually, luckily, thankfully, for the time being at least, in, in school, in person. And so it's my husband and I working at home. And I was in the middle of doing like an intense project. And I guess it was his break time. So he just came to chat and he's, and you know, we hardly get to talk some of the time because you're so yeah. busy with the kids and everything. So I could see, you know, it's nice to be able to talk, but I'm like, uh, please don't talk to me right now. I'm in the middle of something. Right. Right. You and know? it's like, yeah, it's like this interpersonal level, like overlaid on right. the fact that we have to get work done. And so, you know, there can be like, let's face it, there could be like real resentment and stuff when like somebody's interrupting you yeah. and like, they're not doing it on purpose. They're just trying to be nice. Like, right. Right. and they want to talk to you because they love you. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if we don't kind of surface that stuff, it really can like breed bad stuff. Right. right. No. Yeah, totally. I know. I just thought of it. it just happened the other day and I was like, oh, hmm. Yeah. About taking breaks, how often do you suggest during the day or what's recommended for between working and like, yeah, taking some type of break? Yeah. So breaks are super important for productivity, for creativity, for stress level. Like they're super important. I think that um, there's a couple of things. So in terms of like how often or, you know, what kind of breaks should we take? So there's a study that showed that the most productive people, however they defined that, um, work on average for 52 minutes before taking a 17 minute break. <laughs> now, like I have never been able to achieve <laughs> that level of breaks. Like I wish I could achieve that level, but realistically that's not what happens. Um, I think that we should, instead of like the right amount of time between breaks, I think the right time to take breaks is when we're starting to feel unfocused. Like mm. often what we do is we want to just double down. We're like, I just got to get through this, et cetera. But I think that it's a sign from our brain that we need to take a break when we're starting to become frustrated or unfocused. And that all, sometimes all it takes is like a five minute reset, right? Of like doing something like, like I, I do what I call productive breaks all the time now. Which oh, is tell, tell us like, about those. Oh yes. So it's like, <laughs> I, I will go put in a load of laundry while listening to a podcast for five minutes. Like, uh, because I'm like, I just need to get my head out of the work zone, but also like, I, I kind of want to do something with my, I don't want to just sit here. Like that doesn't feel great in this environment. And so I will do, and I did these even before I worked from home, you know, <laughs> for years. Right. And so like, or it's like, you got to know what the limit is. So it's like, I won't fold the laundry because that could take 45 minutes, but right. like, switching the laundry is like a five minute task, right? Or like yeah. unloading the dishwasher or like watering the garden. <laughs> and like, for me, it's podcasts. Like I like to consume media that way. Me too. And that works 
Yeah. 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 And our exactly. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're, you know, that works really well for me. So yes, all of your listeners should try a productive break where they do their laundry while listening to this podcast. Uh, and I think that works really well for me, but I think it's also knowing what type of breaks really fuel you. So for some people, that means like they just need to actually go move their bodies. Like they need to like go on a walk around the block, put on your mask, go on a walk around the block. Uh, for some people, it might be like reading one of those 50 open tabs of articles that you have up that you hope that you're one day going to read, right? And just like picking one of them and saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself this pleasure of doing this one article. Um, for other people, it might be like putting on a timer and saying, I'm going to check social media for 15 minutes, you know, just like limiting it in some way so that you don't go down the rabbit hole. But I think that when we take these types of um, intentional breaks versus I think like the unintentional break where, you know, we find ourselves down an internet rabbit hole or we picked up our phone to like check our bank balance and then we put it down 45 minutes later realizing that we have not checked our bank balance. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Or in like a pre-COVID world, you like wander into your office kitchen and one of your friends is there and you chit chat for a while and then you realize, oh, my gosh, it's been 30 minutes. Like these don't feel like real breaks in some ways because we feel guilty about them and because they were unintentional. Um, I think the, the, the intentionality and kind of understanding what works for you and doing it at a time where your body needs it is more important. That makes a lot of sense because I'm even thinking about even just checking my phone. Sometimes I just check my phone out of nowhere for no reason. And then I'm annoyed at myself. Why did I just check my phone? <laughs> yeah, it's compelling, right? I mean, yeah. like it's it's that way for a reason. I would say also like back to the distractions, one of the best, like we have to keep our phone. It's nice to say like, oh, just don't keep the phone in the room where you, but that's not realistic, right? Like nobody's going right. to do that. Um, keeping your phone face down has actually been proven to have a huge uh, impact in the amount of times that we look at it and pick it up. Because even if you don't have notifications on, even if you like it's silent or whatever, you'll see like you can't turn the text message notifications off, right? It's like you can make them silent, but you still see that little thing, that flash of light. Um, so even just putting your phone face down, or I like to put it face down behind my laptop. I was just going to say that I, I, I was like, is it weird if I say that sometimes I hide it? I don't do this regularly. I yeah. probably should. But sometimes I kind of hide it out of my line of sight. Yeah, that's super smart. Do that 100%. Okay. Because like, we are like, our our phones are like, and I'm looking over at mine, our phones are like a dopamine device, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we are used to this, like we get something while short, we get like short term pleasure out of it, right? And then we yeah. feel bad about it. And technology is like amazing in so many ways. But it's so much about how like how we take control and how we use it versus letting it use us. And right. so by hiding your phone, you're taking back control. And I think that is super smart, like putting it behind your laptop, putting it in your desk drawer, leaving it inside your purse or your backpack. It means it's there when you need it, again, intentionally. <laughs> But you have less of a opportunity to just like randomly pick it up without meaning to because you actually have to look for it to, to do that. Right. You know? Right. It's not so like in your face to just start pressing. I know because there's uh, the app. There's an option on the iPhone where you can see like screen time and number of times you pick up your phone. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, one other little tip I'll give you. Yeah. Listeners. Is like, you know, we all have our Achilles heel apps, like we know what they mm -hmm. are, like whether it's Instagram or Twitter, or Reddit or whatever, right? 
our, I find that like our thumb just finds them automatically, right? It's like that thing where we pick up our phone to do something and then like we didn't do that thing. We in fact like scrolled Instagram for 15 minutes or whatever. And so if you, this is just again, adding a little bit of friction don't remove those apps. Like you're not going to last very long that way. Right. But move them into a folder called time sucks or think twice (laughs) or like something and move that folder, like four swipes back on your phone. And that way, like you break that muscle memory habit of your thumb, just getting there on its own. And like, you can still access it, right? Like it's probably still just like one letter to type into the search bar F for Facebook. But like you, even that simple act of just having to choose that it, it creates enough friction for you to be able to say like, uh, do I want to do this now? Or do I not want to do this now? Yes. I love that. Yeah. It breaks up what you're used to, Mm -hmm. right? Like to give you more work. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you, there's something else on my mind Um, in terms of the time blocking. You've kind of mentioned also estimating the amount of time. Well, I'm wondering this too. Do you usually try to estimate the amount of time each task will take you for that day when you, when you pick your tasks for the day? Yes. So yes, I do. Um, I also will say humans are terrible time estimators. Okay. So I but try, <laughs> I try, um, and I'm often wrong. Right. And, and so yeah. I think like, this means a couple of things. One, leave buffer. So even if you're like time blocking your whole schedule, like, leave buffer or like, you know, add a little bit of padding in terms of the time you're assigning to things because you're going to get interrupted or it's just going to take longer than you think. The other thing I'll say about time estimation is, well, I think in my experience, humans are just pretty bad at it in general. Most people have like kind of a, a static ratio of how off they are. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> I've like learned from experience that I'm all, I'm like a 1.5 Xer. Like if I think something's going to take me an hour, it almost always takes me an hour and a half. Now, other people are like three Xers. Like if they think something's going to take 20 wow. minutes, it's going to take an hour. And so by doing a little tracking, just like not, not super intense or anything, but just like writing down how long you think something is going to take and then how long it actually took you, even for like a week, you can start to see what your pattern is. And while at least in my experience, I never get better at the actual initial estimation. <laughs> I at least can apply the math. <laughs> okay. So then you just add in the extra time yeah. as a buffer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like for instance, I always think it's going to take me, I've been writing a weekly blog for almost three years. <laughs> I always think it's going to take me an hour to write the blog post. It 100% of the time always takes me an hour and a half, you know? And yeah. so now yeah. I just block it for an hour and a half. Even though every single time I go into it thinking this time it'll only take me an hour. Got it. Yes. Yes. I feel like I do that with my weekly newsletter. Yes. (laughs) Alexis, this has been amazing. You've shared so many great tips. Thank you so much for all of it. Can you please tell our audience where they can find you and find out more about you? Yes. And thanks so much for having me on to talk about my favorite, favorite topic. Um, yeah, people can find me at alexishasselberger.com, which I hope you'll put in the show notes because no one will, I will. spell my name. <laughs> uh, and then I'm also on Instagram at do.more.stress.less and on Facebook at do more stress less. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. 
Hey everyone, this is Jamie, and I wanted to drop in quickly to just tell you about a nonprofit that I am currently fundraising for right now. It is called The Cupcake Girls. The Cupcake Girls is a nonprofit organization that provides resources to survivors of sex trafficking and individuals who work in the sex industry. It is an unbelievable organization that provides so many great services to individuals in need. And if you are able to donate, we would be eternally grateful. I'm going to drop a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Any little bit helps. And thank you so much for even checking it out. I still don't like time management, but I really like Alexis and she has good tips. She's great. Yes. Great, right? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, Alexis. <laughs> it's it's not about you. The- <laughs> it's time management. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, it's not you, it's me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not me. It's time management. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So we want to hear from everyone in the group today. So we should find out from people what their email strategy is. Yes. Tell us all the good things. I want to know. I, I need to know because maybe one of you will change my life and I will take you for a virtual drink. Yeah. If you're drowning in your emails, don't tell Jamie that. That's not so helpful. <laughs> well, actually, you can <laughs> tell me that because then it'll make me feel less alone. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. We can wow, have I like a, that. You put a positive spin on something there. We can oh, have an that's... email support group. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ on Facebook. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. As always, we are eternally grateful for reviews. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.